This is the Elevators Podcast. We discuss all things elevating your life, work, and relationships as you are building your business and yourself. Here is your host, yours truly, Dylan Buck. Welcome back. We've got a pretty special episode for you this week, I'd say. Uh, It felt important and appropriate to have an episode on here with a man who started it all. So I reached out to Howard Lewis to ask if he would record an episode for all the present and future agents to be able to really understand the value of having an opportunity where we truly all get to be the founders of our own company, as well as just kind of getting a peek into how it all began. Uh, Howard graciously invited me to spend some time with him at his home in Cleveland, Ohio, and it became evident to me very quickly in my time with Howard that he values people and relationships tremendously. In 1989, Howard started the company with the financial support of someone that believed in him and in his vision. He started $3 million in the hole, and today, Family Heritage is a multi-billion dollar company with the financial backing of over $30 billion dollars in assets. That's not bad, is it? (laughs) So I know that you will really enjoy hearing from the founder of Founders. Here is Howard Lewis. Welcome back to the Elevators Podcast. I am sitting down with the founder of our company, uh, Mr. Howard Lewis. We're sitting in his bourbon slash wine cellar uh, here in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Thank you very much, Howard, for having me out. It's great to meet you, and it's great to spend time with you and and to see uh, everything that you've done in your short career. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing to see the, and I'm I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I've gotten to step into because of what you guys put together. You know, decades ago. What's What's most interesting and most exciting for me is to see that that phrase coined all those years ago when the company was was virtually worthless. In fact, we had negative net worth uh, yeah. of becoming the greatest the best opportunity in America is well on its way to becoming, in fact, the greatest opportunity in the world. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. I mean, will you would you mind talking a little bit about those? I mean. I guess I would call them humble beginnings uh, that that is and was family heritage. We had persuaded the uh, Spencer Hayes and the Southwestern Board of Directors to join us in a business of which they were the majority owner. And we started in the cornfields of Springfield, Ohio. Uh, Everywhere you look in family heritage, you see phenomenal transformation uh, in the in the business operations in the markets, in the products, uh, certainly in the wealth and the financial power of the company, uh, you see all of these things continuing to evolve. What remains unchanged is that the core of our business is the heart and soul of our people. Our people have made all this happen as they did starting in 1989. They have brought us to where we are today. And they will take us to the 
incredulous heights that are waiting for us to scale. Um, when we think about the founding of the company, uh, people were, in fact, joining a company that had uh, it had obliga- financial obligations, right. yet no revenue, no profit. Uh, today, new people coming into the company are stepping into a just a rocket ship uh, that has $30 billion in assets, yeah. complete and total current technology, uh, a mobile app, a CRM system, um, all of the uh, processing systems are automated. Um, there is phenomenal analysis capability. And so, and then the most important thing in that whole scenario is that today, our sales force is able to look at its business and see what is happening with the, with the policies they've written, with the clients that they have created mm-hmm. uh, in terms of providing additional products and better service and taking care of the people they're out there attempting to take care of. So when we look at uh, then, 1989 and today, uh, what we see is just a consistent onslaught of improvement and advancement in everything that we do, every aspect of what goes on. We started $3 million in debt, and today we sit in the lap of financial support from Globe Life that has some $30 billion in assets. Right. Yeah, no, it's pretty remarkable. And uh, in terms of family heritage becoming what it, what it is today, uh, it, and starting where it started, the, the principles that you guys built it on, being as great as it, as it is and being as great as it was, I would assume that you have to have had uh, some kind of contrasting experience that you knew what you didn't want beforehand. It's, Genesis of family heritage yeah. came <laughs> from the fact that we were at another company. Uh, we were building the company. Um, we did not have ownership in the company. We were paid a salary. We were paid a bonus. And there's an old saying in life that um, why would you want to work for somebody else? Why wouldn't you want to work for yourself so that your talents, your abilities, uh, your capacity can shine through? Uh, And so in the founding of Family Heritage, it was about creating an opportunity where everyone could participate in it. Uh, Today, Every person that joins our company has lifetime vested renewals once they've met a vesting schedule. Uh, We have uh, return of premium and cash value products that create tremendous persistency in the longevity of the how long the book the business stays on the books, which results in tremendous profit. What is amazing is that people today earn stock shares, not options, not stock options. They earn stock shares uh, in a company like Globe Life uh, who recently just had a record stock price. Yeah. And so the the importance of owning a piece of the rock, of being, of, of having ownership in what you're building is, is a very viable and, and real uh, business proposition that should cause people to be very excited about what they're building because they're participating in the direct ownership of what they're building. Yeah. When we think about what, what was it that made Family Heritage special, 
That has not changed. We are massively different in every way today compared to our beginning. But let me tell you what has not changed, and that is the people. The opportunity that people have today, the, the recruiting systems that are in place, the recruiting support is unparalleled. Uh, today we have tremendous technology and support systems that helps everybody at every level recruit. And while we're impressed with the um, size and the capacity and the training of our sales force today, just as this current sales force um, um, you know, just makes the, the start look even smaller in future, in, in future generations and time, the size of that sales force will, will make what we're currently doing uh, look very small. Yeah. And you mentioned, I mean, the, the fact that everybody that comes into this business is the founder of their own, of their own business, of their own company. Um, would you mind talking a little about a little bit about uh, some of the challenges or, or maybe just some of the things that it takes to really build something special? Here's the thing. I had the privilege to be the founder of Family Heritage, but every person who has ever been a part of Family Heritage has in their own right been a founder because they have founded their own business. They yeah. took the volition to get an insurance license and go to work. And if that if they were going to build that business beyond themselves, they had to recruit and train a sales force. Uh, when you look at uh, the mindset of a founder, a, fi- a founder has to have belief and vision in what they're doing. They have to have a, a real opportunity where when they work and achieve and accomplish things, they can see the value of that in both their income as well as in uh, the incentives and the recognition that goes with that, not to mention the personal growth and the impact that they're able to have on the lives of people around them. So when you, when you talk about family heritage, it all starts. It started with the people then. It remains that way, and for as long as we're in business. Every new person starting family heritage this week is founding the founder of a business that they are launching, and that business will grow to become whatever it is that they have the skill set, but more importantly, the heart and the mindset to make it. Yeah. And so that everything in family heritage has changed, but that has not changed yeah. and will never. And that's why we celebrate Founders Week. That's the, that's the foundation of what Founders Week is about. Right. No, absolutely. And, you know, as you went through challenges and tribulations, struggles, all this, you know, as you guys were building family heritage, um, what were some of the, mindsets or mentalities that you adopted? What were some of the skills that you developed to make sure that this thing continued to grow the way that it did? When people have a sense of ownership, when people have a sense of impact, and when people can see and understand the contribution they're making, then it becomes pretty easy to go do the work. Um, Selling any product in any market can be a stressful and tough thing if if you don't have a foundation of what you're excited about and what you're working on and what you're driving toward. And so keeping vision, uh, the, the vision in front of people of what the opportunity is, of what the opportunity can do for the people that are being served, of what the reward is for building a business, 
and the opportunity, the financial opportunity that that creates for the people who are doing the work. Those are the things that just continue to resonate and come forward. And when we think about the founder of a business, when we think about Founders Week, we are drawn yet again to the grit and the heart and the determination, uh, not to mention just the courage and belief that those early founders had. It is the same traits that we see today in new people coming into the business. They work alone. They work for themselves, but they are not alone. They are supported by a massive infrastructure that uh, has all kinds of systems in place to support and help them as they're building their business. But it comes down to the grit and the heart and the will of that man or woman and the vision of the business that they have and that what they're trying to build. Yeah. I'm curious, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned along uh, the process or, uh, you know, I guess in your career here in Family Heritage or prior, um, when you're thinking back, like what are some of the things that stick out the most as like these are the most important things? Well, Papa Joe Jacobson would always tell me when I would get frustrated with a person, a manager, a leader, uh, someone in the business, he would say, well, the problem is you. It's not that man or woman. If you were being a leader, then that young man or that young woman would not have the problem. <laughs> you, you have to come back to um, what is the goals, what, are the, what is the dream, what's the aspiration of the people you're dealing with. Now, we are a sales business. You have to recognize that there are people who can't do what we do. They won't do that more accurately said than they can't. Anybody can do what we do. They won't do what we do. You have to accept that there are people who uh, won't invest the time to develop the skill set and learn the material. And however, there's a group of people who want to win and they simply need leadership and motivation and inspiration to uh, fulfill and, and accomplish great things for themselves and for everybody around them. And that's, that is a reality of the business. Uh, there's an old saying, you can't want for someone what they don't want for themselves. Uh, we have to invest in everybody to give them every conceivable chance to be successful at what we do. But there comes a point where when people are not willing to pay the price to be in the business, then you have to you have to move on to people who want to build. And there certainly are people who want to build, as evidenced by the tremendous growth that we continue to have. Yeah. No, there absolutely are. Um, I'm curious to just to see what this question sparks, but uh, what would you say that leadership means to you, Howard? Well, there there are zillions of books in my library about leadership. It's, it's the most, uh, it's, it's, there's more books written about leadership than almost anything else. You've all seen, or many of you have seen the movie, We Were Soldiers, where it's the first uh, air cavalry group that goes into Vietnam, and Mel Gibson is the, the first guy off the helicopter, and at the end of the movie, after they've won the battle, he is the last guy to leave the field. Um, there was a book written uh, some a few years back called Leaders Eat Last. And the point of what that movie was trying to make, the point that what the book is trying to make is, as a person, are you focused on yourself or 
like a leader, must be, are you focused on your people? And so uh, the, the whole concept of leadership comes down to not what you're able to do, but what you are able to do through others. And all of us meet, and all of us are this way uh, at various times in our life about various issues. We meet people who are very self-absorbed, who are very selfish and self-contained, and life in the world is about them. That kind of a person is not an ideal choice for a leader and, and has a lot to overcome. But you also meet people who are very giving and who are very generous of their time and their resources who start with the other person to try to figure out how they can help them, how they can support them, what they can do. And so the quality of leadership that resonates quickest uh, and is most visible is what is the reaction of the people to the leader? Do they see the leader as their supporter? uh, Or do they see the leader as someone who is about himself or herself? Um, Leadership takes on many forms. We have a, you know, we have a, uh, an image of leaders that, uh, uh, you know, that are loud and aggressive and charging. But what about that mom who, or that grandma who at 6.30 in the morning are getting little sleepy-headed boys and girls out of bed and getting them to brush their teeth and wash their face and put on their clothes and then trying to get them to eat something before they rush out without forgetting their school books? Uh, that, to me, is a pretty extreme example of leadership. Yeah. Leadership ultimately comes down to getting other people to do what they need to do. And they often yeah. don't want to do what they need to do. Right. <laughs> it's very true. Um, I guess if you had a, if you were going to give someone that's been in this business for 90 days or less some advice, um, what, what would you say to them? Uh, I can only give you my own experience. Um, shut your mouth, open your ears, your mind, and your heart. <laughs> Everybody around you wants you to win. Everybody around you believes in you and supports you and likes you and would do anything they knew how to do to help you. But if you know everything, if you start every incident or uh, uh, encounter with another person by talking uh, and not listening, then the conclusion pretty quickly is you don't need my help. There isn't anything I can do for you. And, of course, the, the absolute... Opposite of that is the case. Yeah. So as a new person, analyze your situation. Look at, look at the successful people around you. Uh, and they come in all sizes, shapes, colors, gender. Uh, success is not owned by any, any class or, or distinction of, of any kind of group. Success comes to all kinds of people at every level. And so... Uh, just be humble enough to open your mind and your heart and your ears to see and hear and feel what it is that people want to pour into you, and you'll be amazed at how quickly and how far you can go. Yeah, and you've obviously got years and years and years of experience. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's been here for somewhere between two and six years? 
building a business. Oh boy. Now at this point, we're talking about people who know everything about everything <laughs> because they've been here two years or six years and they've, they've got the, they've got the medals and they've got, here's the thing. All of us need inspiration. All of us need motivation. All of us need to have our faces, uh, our eyes lifted off the ground and, and pointed to the sunshine in the sky. And that comes through reading that comes through, uh, meditation and quietness that comes through uh, seeing and being engaged with other people. And that comes through uh, even the most simple things in life that can, that can teach us and show us what it truly means to be a productive, contributing citizen and, and part of the, the, the great country that we're a part of. Um, we never get too experienced. We never get uh, too big to... And, and we can cite all kinds of examples of people who completely ignore that. We never get uh, too important that we don't need to be inspired about things that are happening to other people, accomplishments and advancements that other people have made, and allowing that inspiration to motivate us to be better people, to be better professionals, and to, and to pour ourselves and what we have to offer into the lives of other people. And in spirit of casting a net on the whole scope of, of people and family heritage, any uh, words of wisdom that you'd share with people that are 10, 20 years plus? Yeah. Um, if, if you thought it was impossible dealing with the, 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 the guys and gals who have been here two to six years, now take a whack at this. Because <laughs> <laughs> now you're into the, uh, to the hardened, not only do they know everything and know how to do everything, they've they've encountered in their mind, they have encountered every experience there is. But right. you know what? Uh, genuine concern, compassion for, and attention to people always wins the day. There's an old saying that um, you must treat winners like winners because the reason that a person wins is that in their heart they need support, they need encouragement, they need recognition, they need attention. Now, they'll be the first to say, oh, no, 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 that doesn't matter. But it really does matter. Yeah. And so the, the, the heart is a, uh, starts out pure and tender, but, boy, it can quickly become encased in concrete, uh, and our minds work the same way. And the, the significance of reaching people is understanding, taking the time, and investing enough energy into learning from another person. All of us tell everybody what we need, what we want. We just don't use words to do it. Yeah. And that's what makes it a little bit difficult. And so in those three examples of people that you're trying to reach, it requires a different technique with each person. But at the end of the day, it's about reaching a man or woman's heart with your own story, with your own respect and admiration for them, and what it is that you can do to support and help them. And that becomes pretty visible pretty quickly. Yeah. And for those things that have for, you know, for any whatever time period someone's in for those things that have hardened into that concrete that you mentioned, uh, what are some of the, the things that you've done over the course of your life to kind of chip away at that? Chipping away is, is exactly what has to happen. Uh, yeah. There's got to be a consistency. Lou Holtz used to make the, the, the statement that you can't deal with a person, you can't have impact with a person until that person knows that you care about them, that you're being honest with them, and that you want what is best for them. And so if you're there, if you're trying to deal with someone for any kind of an ulterior motive, we see, we see uh, people stand up all the time in meetings and events 
and say, okay, we need you to go do this. Well, that's that's grand, and and um, you might find some people who want to do that. But for people not to understand what the mission is, more importantly than what is the mission, why is the mission, and but then what is the benefit, what is the impact, what is the outcomes that are achieved and realized from whatever action or program we're going to undertake. People are reasonable, but they do have to, they do require explanation and they do require communication. Yeah. So in its purest form, leadership is example. You can't stand up and talk to a sales force about results if you don't have results. Yeah. You can't try to teach someone or you can't say to people, go recruit your team if you've not recruited a team. You yeah. can't talk about training in an abstract way. Training is very real and specific. What are the techniques? And either you know how to train another person or you don't, and if you haven't done it, you likely don't know that. You're far better as a, lead, as a leader when you're confronted with the situation if it's something you don't know how to do. Uh, and I'll give you an immediate example. When anyone says to me, oh, let's cook something, it's like, nope, I'm an eater. Fat people like me love to eat. I ain't cooking. I don't know a thing about cooking, and I'm not even going to try. There is a legitimacy to that, even though there's a vulnerability to that. And so when it comes to leadership, you can't, um, you can't try to uh, lead people if you don't have a skill set and a capacity that allows you to do that. You have to then bring in the additional resource or direct them to another person that can that can do what's best for them. Think about your children. Do you want a math teacher teaching your children English? Or do you want a science teacher in school teaching your children um, history? Uh, there, there are just fundamental core competencies, and if you don't have them, then you've got to admit that. And But, but more to the point in terms of leadership, you've got to get the resources involved that will allow Leadership is about your personal example, your personal model. The you know the 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 foolish old saying, you you you've got to walk the talk, and you can't uh, you can't lead where you won't go. You can't teach what you don't know. Was a, a saying that W. Clement Stone yeah. used endlessly, mm-hmm. and simple words, but it conveys powerful meaning. It absolutely does. Uh, well, Howard, I guess as we bring this to a close, is there anything that you'd want to leave listeners with? You are a part of uh, an extraordinary business, family heritage, starting its 34th year. The opportunity is uh, more powerful today than ever before. It doesn't matter. There's an old, we had an old saying early in the company, it doesn't matter if you went to Yale or you came from jail. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're if you're a hillbilly like me, or you've got blue blood and you're a, and a, a sophisticated elite person. What school you went to, what your gender, color, creed, belief, none of that stuff matters. Get your book, and I'll get mine. Well, now in in today's world, get your iPad, and I'll yeah, get right. mine. And down, and let's go down the street, and let's go to the businesses, and let's go to the to the to the public, and let's just see. Who has got the courage and the will and the grit to help people? And along the way, we create, in, in that service to the public, we create a great 
financial opportunity for ourselves. And so uh, you are surrounded by people that want you to win, that believe in you, that trust you, and will do anything to help you. Meet the rest of your team uh, at midfield and, and build the business that, you're, you are, that you deserve and that you're capable of owning. Uh, just remember, we started in, in, uh, in humble uh, and pretty simple surroundings with, with what in our mind was the best opportunity in America. And today, for sure, we are well on our way to having the greatest opportunity in the world. Well, thank you, Howard, so much for, well, I guess one being on, but also everything that you've done to create the opportunity that we are all currently sitting in today. Um, We appreciate you. We appreciate your example. And uh, yeah, thank you for just taking the time and spending time with me. Thank you. Thanks, Howard. This has been an Elevated Podcast production. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out our Instagram page at Elevated Financial. Like, share, and let us know what you want to hear more of.